welcome to uh, episode one of our podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about gaming, uh, nerdy moments, kind of gaming across the years, old gaming, new gaming, 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 gaming. Uh, it's myself, Clark, and Ollie. Hey. Uh, hey, Ollie. <laughs> How's it going today? Yeah, good, man. It's good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining me on the stream. Um, should be an interesting experience to try and work out how to navigate the world of a podcast and get it out live. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm kind of an older gamer. I'm in my late 30s, and I've been working in the games industry for 11 years now. Um, big nerd, love video games, uh, like everything movies. Uh, anything with a kind of a geeky touch to it is uh, is my thing, uh, especially like gaming music and movie music is a big focus of mine. Um, and just tend to spend a lot of my hobby time, my free time playing video games. Ollie, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Hey, so uh, I'm Ollie. Uh, I've been working in the games industry for about four years now. I'm uh, in my mid-twenties. Um, and yeah, gaming's just been like a massive part of my life, really. Uh, and it's my main hobby and kind of has been with me throughout my years of growing up and kind of helped me form my personality, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, but yeah, I generally play a lot of different types of games. So puzzle games, visual novels, competitive, fighting games, um, shooters, all that jazz. Yeah, I just kind of love everything. So yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm really happy to talk about games and anything related to them. So yeah. Cool. Um, I, I guess I didn't mention the, the kind of games that I'm into, which is more um, RPGs, uh, adventure games. Um, I'm a big fan of like Halo and that kind of thing as well. Like a really big fan of Overwatch. Uh, World of Warcraft, like like my 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 gaming love is kind of eclectic. Like I mm. I sit across multiple types of games. Also had a little dabble in League of Legends as well, but I wasn't too big of a fan. <laughs> Terrible at it. <laughs> that's 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 my current poison right now. You know, quarantine. You don't got much to do. Just you know, every night is just oh, let's play some sad games of League of Legends. <laughs> you know, why not? So, so you guys have been playing Sea of Thieves with some friends from from work, in fact, um, mm. and it's so therapeutic that game is um especially when it comes to stealing other people's loot which is really really fun to do <laughs> uh, we've, we've sort of got this uh, impression that everyone else that's playing that game on our server is just delivering loot to us they don't realize that that's what they're doing though but we're just taking it from them that's quite nice what is it is it what is it like, the, like the uber eats of like loot they just yeah, come in much. delivering it to you straight yeah, to yeah. your ship yeah. yeah yeah and then we we, we did this thing last night where um we, we were kind of um, I wouldn't say harassing, but we were annoying another group of players by like following them around and, and just shooting them. Um, mm. We, we kind of left them alone because we felt a bit guilty and, and left them to get on with their thing. And we realized that they were coming back to like the, the hand-in point with a ship absolutely filled with loot. Uh, so we sunk them as they were handing it in, took all oh, that loot and we realized God. that what they'd actually done is gone off and done like a, like a raid event, which is this um, skeleton fort thing. Which is yeah, really difficult to do on your own because it was just what well, it was two of them, and they made them really hard. So we we did have a little bit of guilt, but at the same time, piracy. So you know, we have to, I mean, yeah, yeah. Take, just take it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, but carry on. Sorry, don't let me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, was just saying because like I didn't know because um, I've not played Sea of Thieves, so it's really interesting to actually hear that it's kind of like a raid mechanic. So kind of reminds me of this other game we've been playing called um, Escape from Tarkov. Okay. Where uh, that game is basically it's it's like a hardcore looter shooter. So you know, you if you die, you drop everything. Kind of sounds like same thing as Sea of Thieves, where if your ship blows up, you kind of lose all the loot unless you handed it in, right? Is that is that what I'm getting? Similarly, yeah. So your your ship is effectively your loot box, and everything you put inside your ship, you have to cart it back to a location to to hand in. Uh, ah. At which point your sh your ship kind of glows because the loot glows. Uh, and if if I see any ship, I'll go for it and try and sink it. But if I see one with loot, that's my loot. So I have to go and take it from them. They don't realize that I'm coming to pick it up, but that's what I'm doing. Huh. Uh, but yeah, so it's um it's it's not dissimilar from like the old EverQuest mechanic. I think it was EverQuest or RuneScape, where if you die, mm. all your loot falls on the floor and you have to go back and pick it up. Yeah, I think I know RuneScape definitely had that mechanic in the wilderness where if you died, yeah, you just dropped your gear, yeah. so people would just PK and steal your gear and stuff. But yeah, yeah, so that's been um, a, a kind of a big part of lockdown for me because it's been keeping me pretty much sane um, <laughs> while the world has gone into this strange apocalypse mode. What have you been playing? I mean, uh, you said League of Legends. But what else have you been playing through lockdown? Yeah, so through lockdown, I've kind of been playing, um, yeah, like I said, a lot of League. Uh, that's kind of like my social games. We're playing that with a lot of friends. Uh, played through the Terraria patch that came out recently, the oh, yeah. 1.4. That 
that was quite fun. We uh, we rented a server and went through that. Um, and I hadn't played Terraria in a while, so there was so much new content. Um, so yeah, it was that was a great experience to have with friends over quarantine. Um, got my usual. I think, sorry, 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 on that the Terraria thing wasn't it the last content patch they're launching now? Like it's it's been they've been launching content for like five years or something for free. Yeah. And this is yeah. the last one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, like yeah. like so. This is the thing though is that. I don't know how many years ago, but they've you know the the last patch has always been this is it guys this is the last one, <laughs> although you know this one is called Journey's End so you know maybe this will actually be the last one because it is massive the amount of content they added but you know uh, we'll see I mean Terraria is a wildly popular game so yeah I think I've actually got Terraria somewhere I might have to give that because uh, I, I remember playing it I might, I might be thinking of the like space Terraria. Starbound. Starbound, thank you, yes. I, I think mm. it might be that one that I have, but mm -hmm. I, I remember putting hundreds and hundreds of hours into Starbound with friends. Oh, uh, yeah. But I do have Terraria. It is on my list, so I might have to give that a try and see what it's like. Yeah, it's a great game. Uh, Definitely recommend it Oh, yeah, friends. you can see on Steam now, Terraria Journey's End now available. Yeah, maybe I'll try that. Yeah, okay. Maybe. okay. I mean, I've got yeah. a, a trajillion games that I'm currently not playing as well. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm specifically still trying to finish off the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, I like, still haven't got around to playing that. Yeah. I got so um, spoiler alert. There may be a few mild spoilers uh, in the conversation today, but so just be aware we're only going to be talking about kind of older games in that respect. And I'll try mm. to avoid spoilers talking about Final Fantasy VII as well because it's a heavily story-based game. Mm. Um, but there's a point where you get to like a key turning point in the story where um, it involves a pillar. And I won't really okay. say more than that because it kind of gives it away. And I sort of got to that point, and it's about two-thirds of the way through the game, and I just completely lost all interest in it. And it's not because oh, the no. game got bad. It's just because I get this really bad, like, gamer fatigue when I've been playing the <laughs> game for too long. I just kind of go, yeah, maybe I'm going to move on to something else. And it doesn't help if other games come out at the same time as well or people buy me new games and I get pulled across. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of forcing myself to get through the last act of the game because th that's where apparently the storyline gets really, really interesting. So... Um, I'm still working on it, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, I kind of suffer from the same thing, you know. I think for me, it's kind of, uh, I have this problem where if a game is not like a multiplayer game, sometimes with single player games, it's like, especially these longer, like RPG sort of games, mm. they, uh, sometimes they fail to like hook me and they, you know, I, I, re I like, I want to play them and experience them, but yeah, it's just like the initial investment is sometimes a bit, to get like really stuck in is sometimes like, a bit high. You know, um, like recently I had, not, it's not an RPG, but recently I got, uh, what was it, Doom Eternal. So I'm a huge fan of, like, I really loved Doom 2016. Like That was one that of was my favorite amazing. games of that year. That yeah, amazing. it was such a great game. Um, and then I started playing Doom Eternal, expecting to like love it and fall, you know, fall madly in love and keep playing it and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just didn't really hook me as much as the, the original. I don't know if that's because things changed since then or, you know, but uh, that's one of the games on my list that's kind of, you know, spent, full price buying that game and haven't really played more than about three hours on it and i'm like oh okay so oh. i don't think i heard any negative reviews of the new one but mm. uh, i remember the old one when it came out like people just didn't shut up about it it was all over the place oh yeah yeah it was I great i think that's the one i played in vr as well oh wow <laughs> I played in vr yeah uh so i got the oculus rift last year the rift s um mm. and as a result i bought every vr game on the planet because for some reason when i bought the the headset uh, mm. All of the Rift games were like super cheap, so yep. all of them. And one of them was Doom, and that game is vomit-inducing when you're playing it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of VR, yeah, that's one game I played through. Um, actually, well, I, oh my god, it's been three months since then. Oh my god, uh, I played through Half Life Alex. Uh, oh, how was when it? it? Came out. Yeah, it was great. It was honest. I think it's that's kind of like the first game which has been to me like you know oh I would happily sell this this is like the vr game like when you want to introduce people to like what vr could be like you know how immersive and um, the storytelling aspect of it i think it's really like the best in class so like, like the right? killer app so like the, yeah because the, the, the yeah. up until then up until alex i guess beat saber was the the, the killer app for vr yes. Like yes it's pretty much the only thing i play in vr like like every, every now and again i'll just pop my headset on load up a couple of songs and just, just wave my lightsabers around but yeah I, I I think that's that's like yeah like for Beat Saber because it's like you know it's that rep, like it's rep uh it has a lot of repeat gameplay if you know what I mean right you yeah. know like there's not really a story but it's just a lot of fun and it's you know you can it's low low uh, low commitment you just put on the headset play it do your favorite song have a great time you know that's great so I think that's good for like repetitive re re uh, repetitive play right <laughs> sorry I can't speak today um 
but Half-Life Alex is like the first sort of immersive story-based VR game that I've played where I've been like hooked the whole way through, if you get what I mean. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's like a full, it's like a full experience, right? It's like, I think it took me like 15 hours to 20 hours to complete the, the story the whole way through. And yeah, it was a blast the whole way. So so I would assume you played Half-Life 1 and 2 because I, I never played the originals. Uh, they, they never landed mm. on me. I, I guess you played them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I played through um, Half-Life I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to recall specific moments in Half-Life 1 to you, but I'm pretty sure I played it when I was quite young. And then I played, I played uh, Half-Life 2 when it came out, Episode 1, Episode 2, and I've played Black Mesa Source since, which is, you know, the remake of the Half-Life remake, 1. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I tried to go back and yeah. play them, like, because um, everyone um, in my old job would, would, would talk about them non-stop. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's one of those kind of gaming experiences that I think I've missed out on because I, th I think I've kind of missed the boat on playing Half-Life now. Because every time mm. I've tried to play them, I've picked them up and been like, these are a bit janky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind of like, you know, they, the, especially Half-Life 2 and Half-Life 1, I guess, are kind of like held up as these games that uh, were kind of like foundation, you know, setting. You know, they, they really pushed the boundaries of like what games could be, you know, Half-Life 2, especially with like physics stuff. And then you kind of saw like all these other first-person shooter games kind of stealing aspects from that right you know like you know they suddenly everything had physics puzzles and everything yeah. had like immersive storytelling and you know all these other things so yeah and then going i guess going back to them now they might seem a bit like outdated if you get what i mean you know and a lot of people probably look at them with nostalgia goggles as well so you know well that, that's uh, something that i'm sort of going through at the moment with a lot of the remakes and remasters like because mm. we are currently in the the era of the gaming remake like that there's actually now remakes that are being remade which is bizarre to me um, <laughs> yeah. but like so i think a good example would be uh crash bandicoot like uh i, I played that when i was oh god i don't even remember how old i was when that game was out. i'd probably say 10 11 12 years old i, I, I mm. can't remember exactly because i don't remember when it came out but it, it was like early playstation one era so i must have been early teens at, at the latest and i remember playing it and and it looking absolutely stunning like like me not believing mm. that a game could look this beautiful and I, I thought the same thing about the original tomb raider as well and yet like years later when uh, they remade tomb raider i looked at it and i was like wow the remake looks really beautiful like but it, it can't be an upgrade on what the original was i went back to the original i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah yep. <laughs> what was i playing and it's the same with crash bandicoot i went back to the original crash bandicoot after the remasters which were gorgeous they were so well made mm. and mm. and the originals just look so bad Obviously, yep. by today's standards, back then they were incredible. But oh yeah, of course, right? You know, I, I, uh, carry yeah. on. Sorry. I remember having that moment, sort of like not recent. So, so I remember having this that moment originally with um, going between what was it, Halo Three and Halo Two? Because I remember playing Halo Three and going like, oh, this game looks good, but I'm sure it probably doesn't look like that much better than Halo Two. And then you go back, and I remember being like, oh my god, yeah, like did we really play play this? Yeah, did we did we deal with this? But then even more so, you know, in in the Halo Remastered Collection. Uh, the Master Chief Collection, where you can oh, yeah. you have a button where you you know you can switch between the original graphics and the uh, redone graphics on the fly, right? So you can see firsthand, like, oh my god, like how different things have, how think how much yeah. how far things have progressed, right, in terms of graphics. Like, well, it's we crazy. did a similar thing with with Goldeneye as well. So in, in my head, oh, Gold, yeah. Goldeneye is this faultless, perfect, like perfect moment in gaming where me and my friends would kind of um, sneak out of college early, go to a friend's place, and play Goldeneye all afternoon, and we'd probably play a bit of Smash Bros yeah. as well. Hell yeah. But we went back to it recently, actually on the N64, because someone bought an N64 to a, a live event. Um, mm. And I was like, oh, Goldeneye, let's play it. I could not, I couldn't work out how to move the character. Yep. Um, the aim was just bonkers. Like, it was so bad. And yep. we were playing facility. Remember the level with the toilet where you put the proximity? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we yep. were playing that, and, and none of us could work it out. Like, it, it was like, I don't know if we've just gotten too old or if gaming really has moved forward that far that, um, like, auto aim and uh you know intelligent uh shooting and all that kind of stuff like all those systems that are in place now are just so ingrained in what we do that you mm. just can't possibly go back and play those games anymore oh yeah i think i think a huge thing with going back to like GoldenEye and perfect dark like because i i like playing through perfect dark um like on a yearly basis just to remind myself i still think it's a, well it's like one of my favorite games of all time yeah i think it's a great game um but Playing them on the original N64, like there is, the frame rate is so low sometimes that <laughs> it's it is it baffles me that we used to be able to put up with this kind of thing. Or well, you know that was normal back then, right? And now, yeah, going back, you just kind of feel like you're spoiled 
you know you just like i can't yeah. i can't deal with this one fps anymore like god you know <laughs> i guess that just kind of brings us on to the, like the first main point uh which is our most memorable gaming moments um because we, we've talked about like these impactful parts of gaming and and you talked mm. about perfect dark being one of your favorite games um and i wanted to kind of ask the question like what was the moment for you in gaming that really kind of stood out as that like um I mean, to compare it to movies, like I remember when I went to see Pulp Fiction for the first time and Kill Bill, and I couldn't believe like those mm. movies were this good. Um, and Donnie Darko was another one that kind of landed on me. But in gaming, there is the, there are these moments where uh, you either break the fourth wall and do it in a way that that is just mind blowing, or um, the storyline just gets so strong and so heavy. Like, like I would imagine a lot of people probably say The Last of Us. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, to start with, like, what would you say is your most memorable gaming moment? Man, that's, it's a hard question because there's so many uh, moments that I have with games that really stand out to me. But um, like, I remember like it, like a really small one is like I remember when the GameCube was first coming out, and you know, being a massive Nintendo fan and playing N64 throughout my childhood, I remember seeing the graphics for like uh, Super Mario Sunshine, and I just remember yeah. saying to myself like this is it like graphics cannot get any better than this like we've reached the the pinnacle of graphics like i can't believe that this looks so good and you know obviously saying that now that was like what 2003 or something you know now when was, when was mario sunshine 2000... oh god i'm, I'm gonna early two, it must be yeah it must be early 2000s i'm right. sure but um you know I, st- I still remember that moment and that was before i think it was even called the gamecube i think well at least the code name was dolphin i remember was, yeah. or something along those lines. yeah yeah so so i remember saying like oh man the dolphin is just gonna it's gonna revolutionize the world of gaming you know it's gonna be the greatest thing of all time you know <laughs> so uh god i remember that but to me like i guess one of my most memorable moments of playing a game i guess is um so when i used to play a game called gary's mod uh it's like a yeah like a sandbox game um so it's not really i guess it's not really a game it's more of like a game with lots of different games inside of it um but i basically used to get really involved in a roleplay or rp uh servers so at one point there was i remember my most memorable gaming moment was it was the most like sort of emergent or like immersive gaming moment I'd had where I was part of this gang and you know we were on the server and there were a lot of other rival gangs around in, in this town right this this small town and I remember um, someone telling me like oh yeah you know um I know I heard there's some rival gang meeting in like uh they're meeting somewhere and they're gonna have a discussion and you know they're gonna discuss where they're gonna have like some weapon drop or something and we want to go steal them basically right so I, I was kind of like you know and obviously this is all role play so there's no like roles or anything set out explicitly it was just kind of like okay well i guess i'm just gonna go fi- just go walk around and hit, listen to people chatting in the game and see if i can find anything right like emergency so, looking for your own kind of game within the game sort of thing yeah like how you play exactly GTA, right. sort of thing yeah kind of right but but instead of you know in gta it's all scripted and everything in yeah. this one it was just all done by players and just kind of people doing random stuff and it was really emergent because like you know um there was another group of players completely unrelated to us who had basically just decided that today they want to set up a fake restaurant or set up like a fake bar essentially in the middle of the street so there was this like really nicely street this street bar that was all really nicely decorated you know they spawned in all the props and froze them and there were chairs and you know people role-playing as bartenders and handing out drinks and stuff and so I went there and you know I went oh, okay now I'll just shout here and it seems like there's a lot of people here and I can overhear people's conversations because the text chat is all proximity based right so if you're near people you can see their text chat so and I was sitting there and having a drink and you know obviously role playing you know reading reading a newspaper or whatever you know and there you know lo and behold the rival gang members are discussing their uh, their plans for the drop and you know and it was just like this is really memorable to me because like it was completely unscripted and yet it felt like i was living through like a like a single player campaign but it just <laughs> happened to be that all these like things in the world of like you know these players and their decisions and what they decide to do just all lined up and create this really crazy narrative for me and yeah like I got the information, went and relayed it over the radio to like my friends, and then we managed to find their base and we just raided it, you know, with guns and stole everything, and it was great, you know. But that sounds that's like, like that's that's one of those things where like um, when you try and tell someone about a game that you've played, it, it's it it, it kind of sounds odd when you explain it, but it's mm. it's one of those like super emergent moments that 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 sells a lot of games for me like um there are moments in in so many games i i use gta as an example where uh, whenever i log in with my friends to play gta mm. we always just kind of get into the city and we always have our own little private city because 
to hell with joining with online players. Oh yeah, well. definitely. And yeah. and and the, the first thing that happens is, well, what do we do? Like, do we do missions or quests? And one of us will always go, let's go and steer an airplane from the military base. And, and then yeah. <laughs> you get into this like two hour thing of like steering an airplane, and then you're like trying to steer the train, and then you're like blocking up a tunnel, and then you d- yeah. you're doing all this stuff that like the game isn't really intended for, but you're building your own game in game, and, and that is what I love about like. Uh, the online kind of gaming ethos like where you all mm, get together mm. and build your own emergency game. but that, that sounds amazing like um, mm. and I never had a chance to play Gary's mod so it's um, it's something I'll, I probably don't fully understand but it, it sounds to me like a little bit like um, how, what would I compare it to maybe Minecraft modding or something would that be appropriate? I know yeah it was like uh, with, with early Gary's mod it was kind of like yeah it was kind of like if you played the sandbox aspect where you were kind of building stuff, um, it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like Minecraft before there was Minecraft, except for, you know, in Minecraft you have explicit, like, cubes or voxels of where you're going to be placing stuff, whereas yeah. in Gary's mod it was, like, freeform, so you just kind of had to use these props from, like, source games, like Half-Life 2, and then you just have to manipulate them in such a way to construct something. So, you know, for example, a lot of pe- uh, a common one people would build is a catapult where they would get a uh, really long, like, concrete beam, and then at the end they'd put a bathtub and then weld the bathtub to the concrete beam, and then they just like put uh, like thrusters or some kind of like force thing underneath the bathtub, and then uh, hold down the other end. And then obviously there you go, you got like a you know really basic catapult. So people would just always just sit in it and just catapult ragdolls across the map, and you know people would just have fun doing that, you know, for a while. So, but okay, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, that was it. You know, the Gary's mod is kind of like you know, you just had your own fun, right? But I think that was that was like the sandbox mode. But the real thing like, with Gary's mod is that because it was uh, you know a mod, and people people would basically write their own scripts and write their own game modes, and you know, people who are actually good at coding could you know make these fully immersive experiences and basically whole new gameplay things within Gary's mod. So it was kind of like the the best five pounds I ever spent because it was like five. I spent five pounds and I got like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games out of it you know essentially if whatever people had created i could just join the server and play it right so oh, that's that's the key part of it it's something that i think a lot of people maybe non-gamers don't really understand about gaming as well that it's it's not just about playing games sometimes it's about the social aspect and the oh yeah that you build mm, um, definitely but i guess i mean I, I could tell you about my most memorable moment which is probably a, oh, yeah, a, a far right turn from from the gary's mod thing mm-hmm. uh, but for me it was metal gear solid one um mm. And I remember we got, um, was it an American version of the game? I had like a chipped PlayStation 1, so it was all terrible and illegal and God knows what. Um, and I had a like a, the American version of the game, and I got it like mm. a few weeks before anyone else in the UK got it. So I was super hyped to play it and like tell my friends, like, you know, I've played this game, it's so cool, and people were like really hyped about it. Um, mm. and, and as you're playing through it, you get to this uh, this fight with um, Psycho Mantis. Yeah. Have you played Metal Gear Solid? Uh, I, I, so I went through halfway through, I was playing through the first one because I always wanted to go back and play the games. And then I think I just dropped it. I, I was really enjoying it. And I was like, wow, this game's really ahead of its time. But I think I just dropped it because I probably started playing League of Legends or something again. But That's yeah, fair. anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, so Metal Gear Solid for me was, was one of the most impactful games of my youth because it told me mm. that games weren't just, um, you know, uh, shooty, looty, shooty point and shooty they, they, they were you know they were like impactful stories and things so, so anyway you, you get to this fight with psychomantis and he's this um it, it the, the game is built around this like hyper realistic world but in a kind of a, a apocalyptic future sort of thing not post-apocalyptic mm. but things are bad like yeah. um th- things are going bad you're playing as a mil- military agent uh sort of like a rogue military agent uh, and you learn that you've got um you- you've been placed into this facility you'll have to excuse my memory on this one because it was so long ago uh, but you play a solid snake and he's this like hyper james bond style um like agent who's going into this place to kind of infiltrate and and rescue Merrill, I think it was, who's like another agent that's been captured, and mm. and part of the fight, part part of the encounter with Psycho Mantis is you realise that he's actually got like um, telekinetic powers, so he can like hover around and make things float and whatever. And mm. w- while you're fighting him, he's telling you, uh, he's saying like, uh, I can see that you like Silent Hill, blah blah blah, and you're like, <laughs> I do like Silent Hill, that is true. How do you? Do- that's very good and then he said yeah. like and i see you like parodius and i'm like now that's really odd because i do like parodius <laughs> and you've picked a random game and as a child i was like okay well this game's magic like this is obviously magic mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and what it was doing was obviously reading the saves on your memory card for other konami titles yeah. and and just saying like you know i can see you like this and I, and that was i was like okay 
well done game you've uh, you've blew my mind a little bit there but that wasn't the big thing it was mm. when you realize that you can't do any damage to him and yeah. uh, he's like uh, the reason that you can't damage me is because i'm reading your mind and i'm like okay cool but how do i kill you and, and <laughs> the, the game just keeps like piling on and saying like no 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 like he can read your mind you can't fight him and i'm like but how do I stop this? And the solution is, eventually the game actually tells you, because it, I think it gets a bit frustrated with leaving you going around in a circle. The game yeah. actually tells you the way he's reading your mind is he's through the controller cable. So if you mm. unplug the controller and put it into player two, he can't read your mind anymore. And then yeah. you can kill him. And that, that, that to me, I was like, even something as stupid as that became this massive like oh my god like like we're breaking the fourth wall in so many different ways here oh yeah yeah and, and metal gear solid did that at so many different points that there was another point um at the end of metal gear solid 2 where the game starts to bug out and and kind of freak out and it starts mm. to play like the game over screen and stuff and the the idea being is that the the little nanobot things inside your head the codec whatever it's called uh, mm. had been infected with a virus and it was supposed to be confusing the player as well so like yep. you think you've died, uh, you think the colonel's dead, like all, all these thing, things happen, and it's just the game messing around with the UI. Mm. Uh, mm. But but it was that kind of stuff where I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like I hope I see more of this in game. And and I, I realized that whenever I see fourth wall breaking stuff, when it's not really blatant, like because some games are just like point at the player and talk to them, which is a bit crappy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I love it like, when they do it in like a really stylish or smart way that kind of has impact on the gameplay itself. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so I guess I guess that would be my most memorable game. I mean, there's probably a hundred more because it's such a broad question, like you said. Oh yeah, I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, you got Gary's mod for you, Metal Gear Solid mm. for me, and then to bounce the question back onto you, to more specific version of it, what would you say your most memorable musical moment was in gaming? Because I, I think you like video game music, so. Oh yeah, I love video game music. Yep. Like I used to just, I mean. I didn't really listen to much mainstream music. I used to just like you know at school, I just listened to like video game soundtracks I, I, on my, I don't iPod. I've listened to anything mainstream in the past ten years. I think it's all yeah. been either video games or movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just soundtracks, right? Yeah, like that's that's pretty me. much. Yeah. Um, um, but for me, I guess like uh, this is kind of biased because of uh, also a plug. Um, Persona Four Golden just came out on Steam the other oh. day. Oh, uh, just you know, being released. Uh, after my heart there, Ollie. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's such a good game. They're playing through it again. It's so good. There's so many memories coming back. And also, I never got to play Golden, so I get to play all the uh, extra content because I never had a PS Vita. So it's I, great. Um, anyway. It's in my drawer right here. I'm tapping on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so lame. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, the... the um, I guess for me, like, the most memorable moment was uh, from playing the original Persona 4. Um, Again, I never had a PS2, so I uh, had to emulate the game, unfortunately. But now I guess I've finally had my penance of being able to give Atlas my well-deserved, giving them my money. Very well-deserved. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very well-deserved. Um, so I played through Persona 4, and it kind of came to me at like a really hard time where I was going through some rough spots at home. Mm -hmm. uh, not to bring down the mood or anything like that. But yeah, kind of like, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was terrible. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, not to bring down the mood, but yeah. you know, I was, I was really sad. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. in a really bad spot. You know? Not as sad as Nanako, but you were sad. <laughs> oh God, Nanako. Oh, Nanako, man. Uh, but, but, you know, um, and that game kind of really cheered me up. Like the music is all cheerful. It's all great. Like the, the, the battle themes and the themes and you have so when you're walking around so it's so fun so like shoji megro is just like a he's just a musical genius yep. you know he yep. somehow manages to keep doing it over and over again coming up with these like really memorable themes that just stick with you and they never get boring no matter how many times you hear heartbeat heartbreak it's oh always a jab you know did, um, did you play um dancing all night no, sadly not. Uh, I've heard the remixes. I've listened to the remixes, but I never played the game. Like so, yeah. I, I remember sitting on a on a on a train in France because I had my Vita. Was it on, mm. was it on the Vita? Vita? It was the Vita. I think so. I think it was, it was the Vita because yeah. I remember I bought the Vita with some bonus money I had from that uh, they gave us loads of vouchers at the end of every year for Christmas, and mm. I had nothing to spend them on, so I was like, I'm going to buy a Vita. I don't know why. Yeah, um, why not? And the only thing I bought on it was Persona F uh, Four Golden and mm. like some weird free japanese games that were on ps plus yeah um and i remember sitting on the train and i was playing um dancing all night 
and mm. the music is kind of uh, flamboyant like it's quite um uh, excitable and, and a little bit teeny poppy at points yes yes i'm yes. sitting there playing it away like tapping my head and stuff no idea that my headphones have turned off and the, the oh. come out. and everyone around me is just listening to me listening to heartbeat heartbreak <laughs> It's like thirty-year-old oh man sitting on a train, just tapping away and humming away. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I mean, I'm sure they were probably jamming out to it too. You oh, know, it's so good. All are now buying Persona Four on Steam. Yeah, exactly. You know, you listening, probably... you absolutely need to buy that game. It is so good. So, yeah. so good. It's so good. Like, so my memorable moment for me with with that game is. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's cliche, but, you know, the credits theme, when, you know, I finished the game, 100 hours in, finished the game, credits rolled, and I just remember crying, man. (laughs) I just remember crying my eyes out, because, like, I think I was just, it was just such, it was was a game that just made me so happy, and then, like, because I was kind of sad that it was finished, but also happy, because, like, you know, that I got to experience that, the whole game, and experience everything, but yeah, I just... That's so me- it's so memorable to me just hearing that music and it kind of always makes me tear up whenever I hear it now yeah. as well because I always remember that those uh, feelings I had. And I, and I, yeah, I would guess you played Persona Five then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played yeah. Persona Five. Did, yeah, did yeah. you find it as impactful as Four? So for me, Persona Five has like in terms of like actual gameplay, like the mecha- the gameplay mechanics, the visuals, the UI, the UI is the best UI I've ever seen. It's incredible. Um, yeah, like like everything is an upgrade in terms of like uh, the like mechanics and gameplay of the game right but for me the story wasn't as impactful and i you know the car and i didn't really gel as much with the characters because i guess it's like it's got less of a playful tone in persona 5 it's a little bit it takes itself a little bit more seriously yeah it's like yeah yeah like persona 4 is more like you know happy fun time scooby-doo you know, so I mean, it is a murder mystery, but you know, it's like a, it's, it's kind of like Scooby Doo, right? You know, it's like yeah, and... it's tied to the aerials in the town. Is it Inaba? Inaba? Inaba. Yeah, Inaba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's a, uh, it's got its moments of you know, it's like it's pretty goofy, and you know, I'm a huge fan of anime, so you know, it's it's it, it is very anime at times. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing, and I guess Persona Five had a little bit less of it. Um, so yeah, for me, the Persona Four characters were just way more memorable, and I thought the murder mystery trappings and the story behind it is like so good. Like I love it. Like I love everything about it. Like you know, you're always wondering like, oh, who is? And it was one of those murder. There's one of those mysteries where like I could. I never, I genuinely didn't figure it out, like who the culprit was until the end. Well, so yeah, so, like, to, to cut you off before you say that, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, still not finish the game. Hmm. So I am, where am I in Persona Four? I am at the the, the fourth, I think the fourth dungeon, um, uh, which is the guy that is exploring his sexuality. He thinks he's yes. gay, yeah, 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 and I, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Kanji. Ka- yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But the, the, this is in Persona Four, not Five. Yes, yeah, episode four, yeah. Five, I'm also at the fourth dungeon. Because <laughs> I have this I have this weird fatigue where I just get like two-thirds of the way through a game and I just stop. But I, mm-hmm. I am planning, to, I'm actually this week planning to finish Persona 5. Um, oh, yeah. I've also planned to finish Uncharted 4 and the Pokemon <sighs> expansion's coming out and uh, I've got Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 and uh, Ring Fit Adventure and all these other things. Oh I'm my just God, like, you're, yeah, you're I've got a lot no on your time. plate. Yeah, and I've got no time to play any of these games. So mm-hmm. my plan is there, so- but my plan may not come to fruition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my but, God. So Persona 4, absolutely amazing choice of memorable music, uh, most memorable musical moments. That's a lot of ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for myself yeah. is a more recent one so I kind of went back and forth when I was writing these questions down I thought probably going to be Final Fantasy 7 or uh, the Liberi Fatali intro to Final Fantasy 8 um, mm. you know one of the Final Fantasy games because the music to those games is so incredible or maybe the first time I saw the World of Warcraft intro which blew my mind when I watched mm. that it was so good because the music to that is incredible but I ended up thinking that I think the most impactful musical moment for me bizarrely enough was Rayman Legends? I, huh. it's it was either going to be Rayman Legends or Ori in the Blind Forest. Ori because the entire soundtrack ah. is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but Rayman Legends because of the actual musical levels where mm. um, you the the levels play to the to the like the beat of the music and uh, the levels kind of build as the music's building and it's the Black Betty Bamalam one, which. Yeah. It was so fun to play, and I, I just remember, like me and a couple of friends were were like time trialing it and and trying to perfect it and stuff, and we, we played it over and over again, and just all I can hear in my mind now is that because <laughs> it was so frustrating, but it was also super fun. 
Um, mm, and mm. I'm a big fan of like rhythm action. So like I played yeah. um, what's the name of the game? Rhythm Heaven on oh. uh, the DS, where you have to flick the thing. Um, I love Rhythm Heaven, man. It's so good. So the yeah. first level to that game is is probably still the best level, which is built to scale, where you have mm. to flick the little cylinders inside the the rolling blocks. Um, and just uh, what I love is, is creative use of mu- music and gaming, and that represents that to me. So, yeah, my answer is all games, <laughs> yeah, all, all rhythm games, but specifically <laughs> pointing at Rayman Legend, which is a bizarre thing yeah. to go for because it's not one of my favorite games, it's not even a very memorable game for me. But the music itself was mm. just awesome, yeah, yeah. So, that, that's, that's where I kind of went there. Um, but I don't know if you saw as well, they've just announced it like you know, the whole Kingdom Hearts saga, which is the most confusing storyline on the planet. <laughs> I remember I watched a video recently where someone tried to explain it, and it was pretty great just how exasperated the person was getting <laughs> trying to explain everything. So I've seen a few where where people kind of get into the storyline and they're like, right, so this is the bit that obviously happens. Like, no, 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 actually, no, that does no, no. And then they no. just you hear them like angry with their own like yeah, they've obviously exactly. taken notes and stuff, and they're still getting angry because they they're still getting it wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but what I was saying was, um, so they've just announced. If you remember Final Fantasy, the at rhythm where they did like all the the music for the game as like a rhythm action game. Oh no, I haven't. I've never heard of that. That yeah. sounds great. But they're they're, they're they're fun. They're very twee and very like um, cutesy and simple. Uh, but hmm. they're doing the same thing with Kingdom Hearts. However, they've done the the big bad no no, which uh, people have always hated about Kingdom Hearts games, and the key storyline aspect of Kingdom Hearts is being moved forward in the rhythm game. <laughs> oh, so God. you have to play it if you want to follow the story. Oh, boy. Which is so bad. So, so bad. Uh, that, that's the understanding anyway, but it's only known in Japanese at the moment, so people okay. uh, people maybe may have mistranslated or whatever. Uh, okay, I might okay. have misunderstood it as well, but I, I was looking online and, and seeing that and thinking, I do like rhythm games, but I don't know if I've got the energy for another Kingdom Hearts game right now. Still haven't yeah. three, surprisingly enough. I've heard mixed reviews of three. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know much, but I've never played Kingdom Hearts, and I only know the stories through like you know funny YouTube videos or yeah. f- stories from friends. But yeah, I've heard three wasn't received especially well. It so, was kind of mixed. so. So one was a very average game. It was enjoyable mm. because it was Disney and Square Enix, but it was very average. Two was fantastic, mm. like they really upped the game on it. And then three was just like it felt like a tech demo for the PS4. <laughs> but that's it like there was nothing else to it. the storyline is kind of nonsense the the characters don't really gel well together like nothing flows or moves forward it just feels like a series of like and here's what the ps4 can do in this situation and oh and here's what it can do with uh particle effects and blah 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 and it, <sighs> but that's it like it doesn't do anything else and and yeah no part of the game had any impact on me at all which i was really disappointed because I'm, I'm a big fan of kingdom hearts yeah. um and yeah. and to kind of wait this long for three and then for it to be as disappointing as it was not mm. great, but you know, the, the, there's a lot of games out right now that are not exactly brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true that. So uh, yeah. we, I mean, we've been through our most impactful moments and our most memorable musical and gaming moments. Um, the last one, I think you might have probably already covered this one though, is the unexpected emotions in gaming. So mm. moments where you've been sitting playing a game and then suddenly you felt that that kind of rush of either um, joy or fear or sadness that you didn't expect to get from the game that you were playing mm, mm, so uh is there anything you can think of that comes up as a, a good example of that in gaming so for me uh you kind of touched on it earlier where you were talking about um games that kind of break the fourth wall or uh you know you know the whole Mel gear solid psychomatis thing right yeah, yeah um so for me what i didn't realize but uh i that was kind of like my phobia I don't know why it was kind of like a weird thing of like if if games kind of started breaking outside of like you know being a game you know being that kind of thing and it kind of like they kind of started uh touching into real life or you know like you referencing things. confinements you mean yes yeah. exactly right it, it kind of felt like you know like it was a kind of like a monster breaking out of a cage if yeah, you get yeah. what i mean yeah. right and it used to really unnerve me and really <laughs> really really scare me um so one game that i wasn't expecting is um uh, so I, I, to talk about it, it's kind of spoilers. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if I want to talk about just it. Just try to hedge some of the spoilers if possible. But uh, is it an old game? Um, uh, twenty fourteen, I think. So yeah. six years. Well, tell me what the is game is. So tell me what the game. Is. Well, it's it's Undertale. Was that was that twenty fourteen? Uh, about twenty twelve, I think. Undertale. So, so okay. uh, in reference to your earlier question, Mario Sunshine was twenty sixth of August two thousand and two. 
Okay, there you go. Wow. Uh, Undertale. Undertale was 2015. Wow. Okay. 2015. There you go. Okay. So, you know, five years. You know, so, I mean, some people, I mean, I'm sure most people have heard of the name Undertale, if not heard some well, of the music from it. So, you know, so like... I, I've not finished Undertale, but I don't really care about finishing it. I'm probably never going to, so I don't mind about spoilers. Mm. But we'll probably okay. preempt that for anyone listening, of which we're assuming there is anyone listening right now. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there is going to be a spoiler for Undertale. So, please turn off and. Um, drop back in five minutes <laughs> yeah. yeah so so for undertale there's a moment um at the end uh near the end where um a certain character a uh, flower um does some malicious acts which involve you know turning the game off on you know outside of your control okay or um you know deleting your save files and uh, other things like that and i remember experiencing this and I just it unnerved me so much and it made me so anxious and so like oh my like I was like oh my god is he like infected my computer with something like I don't know what's going on like is this a virus you know sort of thing <laughs> um and it kind of uh gave me like a fear for like at least a week like I was just so scared that like you know I I mean it sounds like completely irrational but, you know I'd be walking home at night you know trying to trying to trying to go back to my flat or whatever and I would just start thinking about the music or like you know the character sort of thing and i just kind of like jump scare myself whenever i saw like a flower because i'd be like oh my god it's gonna, it's gonna fucking kill me this, this flower's gonna kill me sort of thing so, right? so and, toby fox if you're listening um you've actually managed to instill a very deep fear into one of your fans uh, <laughs> maybe unexpectedly but someone is now terrified of 8-bit flowers so good job. yeah so good job. honestly it, it was I mean, it sounds completely irrational, but yeah, it, re- it really um, it is irrational. It really struck those. Yeah, it struck a note. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it struck a note with me. Um, so that was something completely unexpected. But I still love that game. I think that game is great. Uh, but yeah, it's a good uh, choice. Like, Undertale was was filled with. So, so I, again, it's one of those games I got about halfway through and gave up on. Um, mm-hmm. But for everything that I played, I was like, this is awesome. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The combat system was so bizarre and weird <sighs> and fun. Uh, but I, I so in in my youth, I played Earthbound, which is obviously. Mm. What Undertale was heavily inspired by. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Earthbound to me was just one of those RPGs that I was like, like there's no part of this game that kind of copies itself. Like every, mm. every new step of this game is a new part of the game and, and something uh, to learn and, and kind of get confused by. And I felt that about by Undertale as well. Like, the more I played the game, the more I didn't understand it. Yeah, yeah, which, which yeah. is which is a compliment to the game because it, it kept me guessing. Uh, it's the same sort of feeling I had in Ocarina of Time. Like yeah. it, it got more and more difficult because it just kept adding new mechanics and kind of messing around with the existing ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I get that. Like um, the, the 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 part at the end of Undertale where the the flower attacks is a very good choice. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Um, I guess for myself. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say two games. Uh, mm. One, so there will be a spoiler for Life is Strange. It'll be quite a heavy spoiler because it's uh... the, the central plot point to the game in the middle yes. of the game. Uh, so I'll, I'll be talking about that in a second. And then there is also uh, a game called To the Moon, uh, which mm. I don't really think is a spoiler because you sort of know what's happening in the game anyway. But yeah. uh, if you've, have you played To the Moon? I still, it's on my list to go back and play it. I've, I know I've, I've heard only good things from people who love those kinds of like those kinds of games. So yeah, so it's on I'm, my list of games to play. I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, purely story-based games. So I, I wouldn't mm. say I, I don't like them. They're just not really ones that I'll go out of my way to play. And To The Moon uh, was this, like, it, it was a super indie game. I think I paid £2 for it or something and never expected anything from it. But I remember a friend just wouldn't shut up about it. She, she kept mm. saying, like, like I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to expect. Just just play it and tell me what you yeah. think at the end of it. Yeah. And I, I got, like, because uh, it's, it's about three or four hours long. Like, it's not long to complete at all. And I got, like, three hours in and I was like, okay, this game is really heavy. Like, the storyline is really deep and quite dark because um, the storyline is about an old man who is trying to um, live his memories in his last day of life with his family. Oh, okay. Uh, right. so it, it all sounds kind of sci-fi and stuff, but it, it's all told in a very simple and small way. And just the last 10 minutes of that game turned me into a wreck. Like I, mm. there, there was tears streaming down my face. And I, don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a crier. Uh, yeah. I do get a little bit emotional at TV shows sometimes. Like if I, if I watch The American Office, I will fall to pieces every single time <laughs> I watch that show. Uh, Lost will destroy me. And I, I, I stand on a hill alone that Lost is the best TV show of all time. And I know I'm the only person on the planet that thinks that, but I will stand by that. Um, but yeah, so I got to the end of, uh, not Undertale, um, To the Moon. And mm. 
I just like I, I was inconsolable. Like for for a few yeah. days, it took me to kind of recover from that. Oh and, and games don't usually hit me in that way, but that one was just like yeah. a freight train. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, and for anyone out there that um, is looking for a very short but very impactful game, I would strongly suggest uh, To the Moon. It's it, it's as good as people say it is. Mm. Um, and then on the flip side is Life is Strange. Yes. So uh, Life is Strange has actually got a very impactful story anyway. Like it, People know that it's quite heavy. Uh, it deals with complicated matters. Like It deals with suicide, um, like teenage depression and um like rape and murder and stuff it deals with some very heavy concepts that are quite difficult to tell into a story but mm. there's this bit halfway through where um uh, max goes back uh, like 10 years or something or eight years uh, because she realizes she might be able to um i can't remember what she's doing she's saving uh, the life of her friend i think i think it's chloe she's saving. yeah 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 and she goes back and makes a decision and then comes back into the present and because of that one decision, she doesn't get into a car crash. Her friend gets into a car crash. And there's this scene where it's, it's playing at the end of one of the chapters. And the music yeah. starts playing. It's this like really cool music that's playing. And Chloe um, is talking, but the camera's like not seeing Chloe. And then mm. she, the camera then pans and shows you Chloe. And she's in like this wheelchair. She's um, like heavily disabled. She's completely paralyzed and blah, blah, blah. And she, she's yeah. like the life of the game. Like she's always dancing and da, da, da. And just seeing that moment, I was like, "Holy crap! This is a yeah. this is strong storytelling. It's heavy. Yeah. It's definitely heavy." Yeah. And I always try to use that as an example of where you can tell kind of a small story in a big way. Because mm. like, mm. it was the the whole storyline was just about a girl who's got some superpowers, but she still lives in this small little town in the back of nowhere, and she just wants to like exist and live her life. But there's this yeah. bigger story being told on top of it that still never leaves the outskirts of the town, and that's what I loved mm. about it. So yeah, that that to me was where the kind of the emotions kicked in. Because again, when when I saw her kind of roll forward in the wheelchair, and I don't mean roll in a negative way, I mean she literally rolled forwards. Um, yeah, that's when the tears kind of welled up, and I was just like, oh my god, I need to take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, I remember that moment playing through that as well because I played through it with my housemates, and yeah, some of us were like, can we just we just stop for a second because <laughs> it just was free a drink or something just to get past yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it was really well, I remember rough because uh, the guy i was dating at the time was also playing it uh in tandem and mm. we were sort of at the same point but he got to that point uh a few days before me and mm. he was just waiting for my reaction and like, oh. like he said like you know i'll, I'll come around and and i think i think I'll, it's probably good if we we're together for that bit because yeah. he knew that i was kind of getting into it uh so yeah. he came around and i was just like i need three and a half hours of just hugs now like i'm oh. i feel awful <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it was so totally good like, that. and that's what i like like um <laughs> games that can kind of smash uh smash your heart and and really make you mem remember things yeah exactly yeah. break your expectations right of like yeah. of these or like break these emotional barriers right where you're kind of like oh god i haven't felt you know like give you these experiences these feelings that you haven't yeah. that you haven't really like felt or like you know like it really touches you in a way that you know you're not really expecting i think well, it's great it, it's also as well like if if you think about when you were very young and mm. your parents sit uh your, the, your parents kind of give you a console to keep you quiet and and you in a corner yeah they think that you're just sitting there playing pac-man they don't realize that you're sitting there absorbing this like super impactful content that's like uh transformative Oh yeah, definitely. Like, they just think that you're going waka 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 when you're actually like learning about like teen sexuality and and mm. um, like complex um, terrorism tactics, like in Call of Duty. <laughs> you're, you're getting. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you shouldn't be playing Call of Duty at that age, but we all did. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. But they don't realize that you're getting subjected to this like super transformative content, and that that is that is why I'm such a big fan of video games in general because that hides yeah. sometimes. Now it's more focused. People know about it. But back mm -hmm. then, I had no idea that I was going to turn on Final Fantasy VII and go through the storyline that that game sent me through because I thought video games were just like, like Tekken and Tetris at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the I remember because I sat with my cousin because my parents were going through some struggles at the time, and so I, mm. I used Final Fantasy VII as an escape. And yeah. I went to my cousin's place to play, it, and he wasn't really a gamer, but he watched the first hour of me playing that game, and he was like, "Wow, this is a <laughs> excuse me." He was like, "Wow, this has actually got a storyline." Uh, mm. Like I didn't realize games had storylines, and we started to play through, and and obviously got to the really big moments. And we he because he was super popular at school, and I was a bit of a nerd. I wasn't too popular. He mm. started to tell his friends about the storyline, and it went from them taking the piss out of us for playing this like big RPG to we'd come into school every day, 
and they'd be sitting in my form room waiting for updates on what was happening in the storyline. <laughs> that to me That's was great. It was amazing. Like, and it, it actually got me kind of a little bit more uh, in touch with people at school as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That, that's a great story, dude. Yeah, so wow. yeah. that that kind of jumps on the point earlier for most memorable gaming moment. That would be like moment B if I could pick a second one. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Oh man, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, like yeah, like having uh, yeah sharing these stories. I guess that's another thing with games, right? Is like sharing these stories of uh, you know even if, whether it's like these immersive you know these emergent stories of like oh what happened in this game that I played or you know or just literally discussing plot points of certain things you know with people like. I think that's one of my favorite parts about games. Like, uh, I recently had that with um, the ga- this game called Outer Wilds. It came out recently. Oh, yeah. uh, another another one of these games where I think it's one of the best games if you just go in completely blind, just experience it. And then it's definitely one of those games where after you finished it, play- they're talking about it with other people who've also played the game. is uh, it's a it's so great. It's and the, yeah, the time loopy one, or is it the Bethesda mm. clone? The time loopy one. Yeah. Okay. The the. Per- the per- Bethesda clone is Outer Worlds. Worlds. Yeah. Outer Worlds, yeah. It's, Which is it's such unfortunate timing on, on the releases <laughs> of those two games. But yeah, Outer Worlds um, is the uh, space exploration one. It's right, such okay. a great game. I recommend it's, it. Yeah. It is on my list to play, and I think I bought it actually, but I just, I mean, I've got so many games that I just can't get through at the moment. So it's it's going to be one that's on the back burner, but it's definitely on a positive back burner to play. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. So we've got like a few minutes left. Um, we've actually been going on for nearly an hour, which is impressive because wow. I was planning this to be like thirty minutes long. Um, yeah. And I guess the the main point that we need to do now is um, point out that we're probably going to try to come up with a name for the podcast, um, <laughs> which means we're going to have to come up with a Twitter handle and stuff, so we can actually have people interact with us and stuff. Because at the moment we're just voices with no contact. Yeah. Um, so hopefully over the next week or two, and once we actually get this live, because we're you'll probably find that one one of the things I've tried not to do today is date it um, mm. because I don't know if it's going to take a couple of days or a week or so to get this first uh, iteration uploaded yeah uh, and then once we do I'd like to kind of come up with a name and like get ourselves set up and stuff because I think this has been uh, a really enjoyable conversation like it's been cool yeah, yeah. dude I love talking about video games man it's been great talking to you about them so. <laughs> alright well uh, I guess thank you very much for joining me today Ollie and uh, mm. we'll be back together soon enough for another meaningless conversation about pointless video <laughs> games that no one loves uh, uh and i guess uh, have a good week man yeah you too man i hope everyone else has a good week as well anyway oh, yeah and so. thank you everyone to listen for listening <laughs> <laughs> i'll get back at this <laughs> take care bye